The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. You ever thought about adopting? Have you recently adopted and you're struggling? Well, this week and probably next week's show might help you with those kinds of questions. This is The Faith Debate. I'm Troy Skinner, pastor of Household of Faith in Christ. Our church's website is householdoffaithinchrist.com. I had a hard time saying it. Let me try it one more time. Householdoffaithinchrist.com. We've been spending the last few weeks, and we're going to be spending the next, uh, at least next couple weeks, and perhaps quite a few more weeks after that, talking about family issues with the Razvies. They've got a ministry they've been doing for a long time. They pastor a house church as well, by the way, in the north end of Frederick County. And their ministry is Conquered by Love Ministries, and their website is conqueredbylove.org. And particularly given what's been going on in the world these last two, three weeks, uh, two, three weeks, two, three years, uh, which was two, three weeks, um, there's been... There's, a lot of our society has felt like it's come unglued, unraveled, and a lot of families are really struggling. There's lots of uh, pressure from the culture and what kids are being exposed to in, in the media and social media. And if, if they go to the uh, government-funded uh, schools, like I, I call them the pagan schools, or they go to one of those schools, uh, they're, they're, they're having all sorts of challenges. And I know some people in my life, you know, that I'm uh, ministering to, or that are just people that I know tangentially, or that are related by blood or whatever, that... I mean, it's not unusual for people to be really struggling managing their own situation, um, to, to manage a situation that has children that aren't biologically yours just as an additional complicating factor. So the first thing I wanted to talk about as we address the adoption question is, should someone adopt just because? You know, are there certain... Uh, Dynamics that should be in place, certain personality types, certain uh, realities that are set before somebody really takes on the responsibility of adopting. What are the kinds of questions somebody should think through before they do? And I'm giving you a lot because I want to give you a chance to have a kind of a free-form response on this. So what are some of the things we should be thinking about? Let's say I was going to adopt. What are some of the things I should be thinking about to adopt? But also, what should be some of the things you should think about that would be like, you know what? That might be a knockout blow. Like, I got all these other things in place, but because that's not really there, I shouldn't adopt. So kind of the, the ups and downs on these So things. some of these things that we'll talk about is, is merely our opinion, okay? So we're going to tell you this is what we feel, and other people have done it differently and have been very successful at it, but we're, we're going to tell you why we did what we did. Okay? Now, it's interesting, I've, and you don't have to get into the weeds on this, but everything that we do on this show is pretty much our opinion, but you've felt some need to say that. Is it, have you gotten pushback in the past from people who get angry with the way you say things about adoption? Yes. Really? Uh, okay. Adoption is a very, very um, emotional subject. And there are some things that other people are, have been gifted with and are capable of doing that we were not able to do. And uh, so we did ours a little bit differently than some others might have done, and they've still been successful. So that's one of the, one thing. For example, there's open adoptions and there's closed adoptions. We wanted a closed adoption, and we can get into reasons why. And other people have done open adoptions and been very successful. But we, are, we didn't feel comfortable with an open adoption. Open adoption means that they still have communication with their family that may, still, may be in jail, maybe with drugs, maybe abusive, and they still have communication and, and they have that. But now you're competing with that other family as for the kids and the kids' attention and, well, what's the right thing to do and how to behave correctly because, you know, there's always a competition there. So we chose a closed adoption where the children can, you know, learn about their their, um, birth families when they get older and emotionally stable enough to go do that and search it out and do that. But while they're young, they don't have any influence from there. But but let's back up for a minute because you asked who should adopt. Can just anybody adopt? 
the most important thing is start with prayer. You really need to search deeply and find out, is God calling you to adopt? Because he doesn't call everybody to adopt, and it is a hard thing. Um, it's not just a plug-and-play. It's not like you can get a plug-and-play child. Is that they're going to be perfect. It's just like, uh, uh, you know, uh, you always wanted. And No, th- this is a decision just like when you're going to have a baby. You're going to get married and have a baby. Um, but there are uh, some some different types of factors to really think but about. But how about if I adopt a five-year-old? I don't have to worry about diapers anymore. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> or maybe a teenager because I don't have to worry about any of the uh, adolescent and no, 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 no things. And uh, so people have these <coughs> dreams and expectations that are really inaccurate. And a lot of people think they can just write a check. You know, hey, I have the money. I can just write a check and it'll be fine. We'll get a kid and I don't have to worry about all the other well, things. Maybe we'll send them off to boarding school. and Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't do anything for the child. So, so the first thing is you do need to pray, spend time, and especially, um, you know, there are single people that can adopt and have the resources and be able to do that. I think it's important to have a family, have a spouse, and because you need help. It's not easy. And if you're single, make sure you have support and help to be able to do that. Um, I think, and this is very controversial, especially in today's day and age where uh, there's a lot of adoption being done by gay couples, uh, by um, people that are emotionally unstable. And I think uh, that causes a lot of problems for the children. I don't think that's a good adoptive situation. I think it's putting children in a bad situation, and we've had uh, people getting very angry with us about that. So those are things that, you know, again, as I said, that's my opinion, and that's based on what I find from the Bible. To be... To be the best emotionally stable child, ideally you have a father and a mother. And there are exceptions to that where it's, it's not possible. You know, maybe the, maybe the father's, father passed away or the mother passed away or whatever, even if it wasn't your choice to, to have it this way. And in that case, you definitely need to make sure you have support from, you know, if, you, if you're a single mother, you have support from strong male uh, role models that the children can look up to as well, or vice versa, the other way around. So but it really does help. God ordained a family. He said there's a father, there's a mother, and there's children. That is the ideal. And so as the closest we can get to the ideal, the better off it is for the adoptive child, right? So first, we got to pray. we got to spend time and make sure both spouses are on the same page. If one spouse wants to adopt, the other one does not, you shouldn't be adopting. You should all be on the same page. And then, you know, what uh, kind of child do you want to adopt? You want to adopt a baby. And a lot of babies are harder to adopt because there's more people that want a baby, right? They feel the baby has less baggage. And, and that's actually not quite the case all the time. Um, we, you know, we found that even though you adopt as a baby, there has – in the womb, the baby um, creates an emotional connection and, with the mother. And so if they're, if they're put up for adoption immediately after birth, they may not be old enough to articulate the feelings that they have, but they – are missing a lot of those emotional needs right away that you're going to have to work extra hard to make sure they feel wanted, they feel secure, and all those things because it's not the, the, the birth mother, the biological mother that they, were, they grew through the womb with. And so a lot of people miss that and they assume that they're going to be the same as any other baby. And, and with, with the proper care, yes, you know, a, a God works miracles through, through that whole process, but you do need to be aware. So study what are the needs of adopted children that are you know, maybe a little bit different than uh, birth children. In your experience, what different age groups have you taken a child into the house at an adoption? So the first adoption we did was a sibling group of five children, ages four to 12. And we chose to have uh, adopt children that were younger than my eldest son because we wanted my eldest son to still be the eldest son because we felt that God ordained him to be the eldest son and wanted him to have the same position 
as that. That doesn't mean we love him more. It just means that, that God put him as, as the eldest in there. And I know some people that have adopted children that are older than their birth children, and it's worked out fine. Uh, we just, like I said, there's a lot of opinions, and but we felt that God put that birth order in place for a certain Did reason. having uh, you know, a, 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 an entire gaggle of kids come in together make it easier or harder? <laughs> it was chaos. It was definitely chaos. Lots I mean, of chaos. You have a, um, lack of a better word, herd mentality, okay? If you bring in a child into three or four children, then they start adapting to that herd, okay? They become part of that herd. But if you bring five children and you only have three, now the herd goes the opposite direction because they're, the, they're more on the other side. So you need more practicing, more emotional help with, with, the, with the children and than I'm you would normally. I'm assuming in a situation like that, it, it sounds like it had to be a, a tragedy that led to all five being up for adoption. Yeah, at the and, same the, time. and that's that, that question brings Most up a good point. That question brings up a good point, and the, it's very important. Uh, to protect the, uh, you know, privacy. the story, the privacy right. of the, of the, of the, the story. The point of the, the question, or the, the re- what I was getting at was uh, something that should be considered is if, if somebody's going to adopt, are they equipped to deal with all of the range of potential emotional angst there hmm. might be? Sure. Because somebody, maybe they had their parents, you know, killed in a car accident or they went to jail because of some bad things, bad choices or whatever. And they're dealing with all the the anger and the turmoil or whatever. It's not like you're bringing in, oh, I really loved when my daughter was five, so I'll adopt a five-year-old. You're not getting your daughter. You're getting somebody who's got a lot of baggage. Uh, Almost every adoption, there are challenges, okay? No adoption is... is, uh, Hey, this is what how life should be, right? It's because something didn't work out. That's why they're being adopted. Life is not like TV. <laughs> yeah, not like so you see on TV. One of the things that came up uh, early, I can't remember, it was one of the first. I think it was one of the first two things you mentioned was about the you know, the money. We got the money, we can write a check. But that's something you got to think about. Can you write the check? Because adopting is expensive, right? It can be. It doesn't have to be. A lot of people hear about, oh, it costs $30,000 or $50,000 to adopt. Well, yes, it depends, right? depends on what, you're, what you end up doing. Um, usually, if you adopt from overseas, that is a very expensive and very long process. And also, a lot of, t- a lot of times, uh, if you're trying to adopt a baby, there, there's a lot of uh, fees involved to get, you jump through all the right hoops because there, there's, there's a lot, uh, frankly, a lot of demand for babies. But there's a lot of groups of children, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of children in the U.S., that need homes that doesn't cost a, I mean, it's going to cost as to raise a child, just like any other child, but there's no, not really any additional costs. A lot of times, uh, this, so there's a category, category called special needs and you think special needs, oh, maybe they're have some strange needs or whatever, but maybe they're not. crippled or whatever. Right. So you think it, but no. it really does. What it means is that they're over five years old. Okay. Or they're, they're a sibling group or they're not white. Okay, those are all considered special needs because there's less people adopting those categories than there are white babies. White babies are not a special need because there's far fewer white babies than there are people so that are willing to adopt. it's less expensive to go through all the hoops. So right. if they're in they, a special needs category. The government starts tearing down barriers because they know there's so many uh, that need homes and right. they try to make it as easy as possible. So if they're in a special needs uh, adoption, then you, have, you pay a couple thousand for home study and things like that. But then most of the adoptive fees will be covered by the state because the state knows that they can either keep paying a foster care 
there's thousands of dollars every month and, to take care of them. And, and there's a big business for that. And they know once they turn 18, they'll probably have to pay for their jail time because most uh, or many adopted children, if they age out in foster care, they'd go to jail. Because they have no foundation and there's no family to go back to. They're in foster family. And many of the foster families, you know, they're doing it as a business. And I'm not saying that they're, uh, they're inappropriate. I mean, many of them have a great heart. That's something I could not do. And I applaud those that have the strength to do that because, you know, they're loving these children and these children leave. And so it's a tough, tough position to be in. But at the same time, you know, when they turn 18, they're out. They're gone. They're, the government's no longer paying for their care. And many of these foster families can't afford to keep caring for the, these, these children that are now 18, 19. They might not be ready for the world, but the world has to be is out there for them. And so if they get adopted, then they actually have a place to come back to for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Even if they go out to the military, go out wherever, they actually have a foundation, a family. Seems weird, doesn't it? The, f- the family that's, it's like, you know, rent a kid, uh, but they're not renting, they're, they're being paid to rent a kid. And the ones that want to really make the lifelong commitment, they've got to pay all these legal fees. It's, it seems like if, 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 if there's monies there to pay families to take care of foster kids, why wouldn't there be monies there to pay families to take some, care of adopted so, kids? There is. Sometimes there is. Sometimes yeah. there is, and the government can help. Uh, and again, a lot of times that comes with strings, so just be very careful with that. But the it, it doesn't have to. The point of with all the all this the financial part of it is it doesn't have to be a financial barrier. If you want to adopt and you are financially able to take care of the children, that's going to be the most important thing. Uh, if you have very specific demands and I need somebody that looks like this, that's this old, that's from this country, yeah, then you're going to probably end up paying a lot of fees to try to figure out. And there's a lot of people that can't or are not able to adopt, but they're willing to support somebody adopting. They may support financially. They may support emotionally. They may support respite care, uh, but they are not going to be permanent parents. And that's, that's something, you know, if you have a heart for adoptive children and you don't feel that you can adopt, you can come along somebody that has adopted. One of the greatest things that my wife's sister Karen did when we adopted sibling with five children, she threw a baby shower. Who thinks of throwing a baby shower for adopted children? But they were new to our family, and, they're, uh, and it was great. And we, there was a lot of things we did not need, and did not have, and needed, and things we were not prepared for. Right? We weren't prepared for all these things. And so, so having that baby shower really did do a couple things. One, we got a lot of support. We got some things in place, and we, we felt the love of the community and the family coming alongside us that, that you normally get when you have a baby shower. That's a good, good uh, point you just brought up because even if you are not called specifically to adopt, you should be able to minister to adoptive families, and that's one of the ways you can do it. I mean, really treat the adopted children as new babies coming into the family. Anything you would do for somebody in your church that had a baby, do the same thing when yeah, they adopt. Bring some meals. Yeah, bring meals over. You know, uh, get, throw a baby shower. Yeah. You know, offer to clean up a little bit because the time is taken up by this new new baby. So somebody's going through the process of thinking about this. Um, if there's a couple and, and and they're on the same page, they want to adopt, and they've got the resources and everything, and they're ready to go, but they're, they still have a little bit of uncertainty because they just want to get a better sense of what they're getting into. Is there a elongated process where you can kind of get to know different kids at different ages and get a feel for what would be best for your situation you kind of just tell some agency i want to adopt and you kind of end up with it's like a lottery that end up with whatever you end up with usually there's a long process where you see pictures you see notes about personalities and things like that and often the parents will get to meet the prospective adoptive kids usually that's a lot later in the process because again you don't want the children to get false hope false hope and feel more rejection 
oh, well, this family came around. Oh, no, they don't want me or oh, whatever. And, and, and they start to get more jaded and more, feel more rejection. So usually you don't actually meet or talk to the kids until you're, you're really pretty far along in the process. But you do get to see uh, and information and, and, and learn about the But in that the process, kids. they're sharing things about their personality and yes. their background. There's, so you've got to get a sense if it's a good fit for what you right. can handle. There's a lot of information. Now, that information is not um, complete. Many things are hidden. Many things are not known. So you have to expect that whatever you read in there is going to be the sales pitch, right? Because the adoptive uh, agency, the social worker is trying to, quote, unquote, sell you this child, meaning that they want you to get this child because their job is to get the child placed. And so they're doing, giving you all the best qualities, the best things about this child and, and telling you how good it will be and not all the bad things because that's they're trying to place the child. So you have to expect that no matter what you learn, there's going to be other problems, other issues, other challenges. So you just have to be really ready and willing to meet those challenges no matter what they are and have a support group that can help you with that because you can't do it on your own. And there are people that are single moms, single dads that want to adopt and they've done a great job, but they've got support around them, a church, um, you know, other family members, their sisters or brothers or parents that can help and come with support. And those are very important. It seems like intuitively the older the child gets, the harder the situation would be to be the adoptive family. Is that true? That's it. That's kind of intuitive on uh, for, of you to notice that because a lot of a lot of people think the other way around. They think, oh, they're older, so that means they're more mature. They're they're going to oh. act their age. I think they have more of a story that you got to. Well, right, <laughs> which which is which is often often the case. Not always, but you're you're right. It is often the case. The the almost universally when we see people and we counsel people that are thinking about adopting or have just adopted and now are realizing that they were mistaken in this, they expect, oh, I adopted an older child and they're going to act their age yeah. when they come. They're 10 years old. They should act like a 10-year-old. No, they're not going to act like a 10-year-old. They and, were not taught and trained and so, emotionally uh, helped through that time period. They're not 10 years old. Emotionally, they're a baby. So we'll, t we'll talk about this a little more next week, but it's, it's really important. One of the most important things you can do when you bring your child home is to give them at least three years, minimum three years, literal years of infanthood, treating them like a baby, not belittling them, like, but actually caring for them as if you were caring for a baby. Take as much time off of work as you would have if you had a baby. Take, spend as much time, you know, morning, night, in the middle of the night, getting up and playing with them, putting them back to sleep, helping them, comforting them, all the things you would do with the baby for the first three years because it's so important and almost without exception, if somebody's in the position to be adopted, they have not had those full years. Maybe they had a little bit, but they did not have those full several years of infancy that is key for emotional and spiritual development, and you need to give your child that. So you What's need the oldest uh, a child is up, could be up for adoption? 17. 17. Because yeah, once they turn 18, then there's they're right. le legally they're... Uh, I'm surprised at 17. Not I was thinking it might be like 16 or something because they're so close to them being mo 18. Most of those older, older ones do not get placed, they, and once they're that close, they kind of age out. Usually. They age out, they get into a halfway home and things like that, that that are really not stable. And so there are some some organizations, some families that try to place older children that are 18, 19 into some family at a mentorship type thing, which is phenomenal because it's needed. And there's so many children that age out of the adoption, the foster care system without any family. Hey, you mentioned at the beginning about the closed and open uh, kind of adoptions. Open, it sounds like there's some dynamics that are similar to if, you, if you've got a divorce situation. Mm -hmm. Right, and you've got these blended families, and yep, whose and rules then, are really in charge. Yep. Exactly. If you if you got a divorce situation, you live half the week at mom's house and half the week at dad's house, and then you you know mom and dad have different rules, and you know how to get around and and and, and get away with things. 
it just creates more complexity and it's already a really traumatic experience to to be adopted or to 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 adopt and and to and, deal with all those challenges and oftentimes it puts the child in in a position of power you know well if if you don't do what i want you to do then i'm going to go to dad or if you don't want you don't do this then i'm going to go to mom and so you're trying to please that child and you're not doing anything for their character you're actually hurting them so that's kind of good advice i think for uh, marriage and parenting in general rather than j uh, just for adoption but yeah so are, are there yeah if you were talking to somebody who knows that you're you know, have some expertise in these sorts of things and they're kind of picking your brain and they ask your opinion are there some things you would want to find out from them that could be knockout blows like if this or this or this are realities in your life do not adopt are there any things like that I, I would say if you don't feel like you're in the position to actually treat them like an infant for three years that would be a knockout thing right away. Do not expect that you're going to adopt a five-year-old and they won't need to have their diaper changed. Don't expect that you're going to adopt a 10-year-old and he'll know how to read. These, these things are, are, are usually not the case in many adoptive situations. You, you want to be able to have the time, commitment, with, uh, with your family and, and, and so on that you can give just like you would give to an infant. And it really is difficult for most people to grasp that they are the same thing as an infant. Yeah, and a 10 to 12-year-old should be able to take care of themselves. I mean, they can make them their own lunch and get their own water, but no, they can't. You have to do that for them. And you guys have um, a series of books that kind of fit into the introduction to adoption category. Next week, the, the plan is to talk about kind of living life with a, uh, in an adoptive family situation. Uh, but some of the books that uh, I think, <coughs> excuse me, uh, seem to uh, fit in the category here. Steps to adoption. Mm -hmm. I know an adoptive family. I've considered adoption, but uh, the beauty of adoption, how it reflects what God has done for us. Uh, two real quick. We've got a few minutes left on the show. Just, just like a couple, really. So you can pick one, I guess. I know an adoptive family. Maybe really quick. It seems like there'd be a great advantage in getting to know somebody else who's adopted, right? And get a feel right. from them before you make the decision. To right. Adopt. Well, that book is really designed for people who say, well, I don't think I'm called to adopt, but I do know people who adopt. How can I serve, th serve them and help them in my church? Right. But and I'm we talk about those that. who are thinking about adopting. It makes sense to try to connect with somebody who has adopted. Yeah. and You can learn, learn a lot. Before you make the full plunge, right? Yeah, but one thing I'll tell you right now, one thing you should definitely know if you know an adopted family, don't ask them, who's your birth children? Who's your adopted children? They're all my children. They're all the same. They're all the same. But we get that question every time we go anywhere to speak. Well, yeah. who's your birth child? Which one are your birth children? Is this one a birth child? It doesn't matter. They're all my children. They're all the same. They're my children. And well, who's your real child children? No, well, they're all my real children. Let me ask you, who is the real child of Christ? Troy, are you, are you the real, real God's children? Right, or Imran, you? How it reflects what exactly. God has done for us. And right? so if you believe that as a believer we're all one in, in Christ... I'm not more of a believer than you are, Troy. If we're both saved, we're both equal in the kingdom of God. Even we may have different roles to play, and you may have gotten saved before I before I was born. But <laughs> but but that's the, that's the thing. We are all so God. God adopted us. He wanted us. He He took us out of sin, and He gave us a home. He grafted us into family of God, and so we are adopted. So it's a beautiful reflection when when you when you consider that. Yeah, we're going to talk more about adoption and kind of the, the, the nitty-gritty, the day-in, day-out kinds of things, because uh, I'm sure there's specific challenges that they could uh, provide some insight, the Rasby's can. The last voice you heard before mine was Daniel Rasby.
Razvi. The other voice on today's show is Imran Razvi. And uh, their ministry is Conquered by Love. You can go to their uh, ministries and you can go to their website, conqueredbylove.org. Uh, this is The Faith Debate. I'm Troy Skinner, and I'm the pastor of... Uh, they're pastors of a house church, too. I haven't been mentioning that as much in this context of shows when we're talking about the, this specific ministry that they do. But they've got a house church in the north end of uh, Frederick County, up in the Thurmont area. And uh, I'm the pastor of a house church uh, kind of centrally located in Frederick County called Household of Faith in Christ. Uh, my website is householdoffaithinchrist.com. There you can link to uh, their ministry. You can also link to the Faith Debate and a whole bunch of other stuff, trusted resources, that sort of thing. Uh, next week, more adoption talk here on the show. I want to thank you so much for listening. Uh, tell a friend. If you've got a topic you'd like us to tackle, uh, let us know that too. Until uh, next week, let me check my watch. Yep, 167 and a half hours from now. We'll be back with you. Until then, God bless. Thanks so much for listening.